Today on the Av Podcast, more playoffs, more fire, more playoffs. I'm joined by Anthony Bachelor, the all-time leading scorer in Canadian college basketball history, and DJ Chris Nice, as he discusses if the Utah Jazz are being underrated, our thoughts on Nikola Jokic being MVP, and if he actually should be the MVP, if Joel Embiid is repeating bad history by playing, if I'm allowed to pay normal prices to hop on the Suns bandwagon for the remainder of the playoffs, and a whole lot more. <laughs> uh, South Sharaf is available wherever you listen to podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, just some of the places you can check out these shows. And also hit the like button, the favorite button, click on one, and then the two, and then the three, and then the four. Click on all five stars, man. Click on it. All five, all five. I promise you, you get a bang out of life. And check out SouthShareAve.com for all my current and past episodes as well. Once again, that's SouthShareAve.com. The latest episode of The Stoop is out on YouTube, Code of the Sneaks, a three-part episode all about the culture of sneakers. If you haven't checked it out yet, bookmark that immediately and watch it after listening to this episode. It was a really good one, man. I'm really proud of that. Check it out and enjoy. Leave comments. Do what you do. Do what you do. All right? It's the Half Podcast with Cal C on South Sharaf Radio. Swish. Welcome to the Av Podcast with Cal C on South Sharaf Radio. Welcome to the Av Podcast. Fellas, how you doing today? Doing well. I'm good. I'm good. Glad we can hear you, Chris. That's awesome. It's great. It's great. <laughs> um <laughs> But you know what? We're going to obviously talk about um, everything that's happened in the NBA playoffs. Um, as much as I want to talk about the Phoenix Suns and, and if, if Utah's underrated, excuse me, they just announced that um, as of yesterday, as of this recording, that um, Nikola Jokic is the MVP of the NBA for the 2020-2021 season. Um, are you guys cool with Nikola Jokic being the MVP? Anthony, I'll start with you. Absolutely. Okay. Well deserved, actually. Okay. Um, I mean, well deserved, just more so because of last season. Uh, I mean, granted, it was the beginning of the pandemic, so a lot of people weren't in shape. But Nicolo Jokic was not in shape last year. Um, he didn't seem like himself, and that's given the season before the whole pandemic. He was climbing the ladder of being one of the uh, players that should be known of. Like, you can't underestimate him. There's no more of this, oh, he kind of slips under the radar. It's no, this guy is climbing the charts and he's doing damage. Um, and then for him to come in this year from the first game of the season, I'm not too sure how many games he missed. I don't think he missed many. No, he didn't, he didn't miss any, actually. There you go. And he, he was performing night in, night out. So, And that's with another officer in Jamal Murray before he went down. And even when he went down, they still managed to do well. Yeah, so, carry the load. I, yeah, I, I, feel, I feel like... It, this is very deserving for him. I'm um, pretty sure most people, or some people, will probably say that it's not that some other people should got like Joel Embiid. Nah, I'm not really convinced with him. But um, Nikola Jokic, I feel this 100 percent deserving of the uh, of that award. You know, for, for me, I I like the fact that he got it. You know, I, I thought I thought his 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 game this year was was phenomenal. The only thing I didn't like about it is I didn't like the way the media control the narrative in, in the way you thought about the MVP. And what I mean by that is I started to notice a pattern where 
almost every announcer, everybody in the media kept saying they drifted to, well, this guy's the number one, like the front runner right now, like for, for the MVP. They're like, oh, but that's not. But first it was him and Embiid. And we see Embiid missed a lot of games. Yeah, but when you looked at the stats, they, to me, they were neck and neck. Embiid, had, I think, was better in points. The Joker was better in assists, but Embiid was, was better in, like, in blocks. So to me, it was neck and neck. But what I didn't like is all the media heads was on the same page. That just seemed weird to me. Like, you know, of course, the number one guy is Joker. Like, he's getting this. And I'm like, oh, wait a minute. Don't we still have, like, a month ago? Like, what's going on here? So I felt like they already made the decision. They're getting you comfortable with the decision that they made before they announced it. You know what I mean? I didn't like that part of it. Because after a while, I knew it was the MVP. It's almost like it didn't matter how incredible Embiid was playing. Because of, because of their verbiage, I was like, okay, well, they're telling me that Joker is getting it. They're just trying to not have me complain too much among them. I guess to add to, the, to what you're saying, though, the, the one thing I saw that I did not like, actually, as well, to touch on your point, if you looked on NBA.com and... Um, the one thing I kept seeing, which I thought was like odd, and maybe they were doing this in the past and I'm only catching this now, but they had an MVP ladder, like a rankings ladder. And you kept seeing it throughout the year, even on NBA TV, they kept updating it. So it's like every week they would keep updating it. And it was like, okay, well, after, you know, the last two weeks, uh, they have their top 10 rankings for MVP and Joel and B would be number one. Steph would be number two. Joker would be number three. You know, somebody caught COVID. All of a sudden, the next guy went up the ranks. You know what I mean? Like, now all of a sudden, Kevin Durant is, like, number three, this one. And then for the last two, you know, like, two months or so, whatever, like, especially once Embiid went down, you just started seeing Joker's name being number one. And then Embiid fell all the way to, like, seventh. And then when he came back, now we started climbing back up the charts. But I'm like, if you're going to have an, an award where, obviously, voters are going to vote on it and they're going to be swayed a certain way, how do you have an MVP ranking? In terms of the league's website, you know what I mean? Like, it's not like this is ESPN. This is the NBA doing this. So mm-hmm. with that fact, I'm like, okay, like, why would you guys have this ranking? Like an updated ranking every week. So obviously by the end, if the NBA.com is saying and NBA TV is saying this is the MVP, then a lot of people are going to kind of think the same thing. Mm-hmm. You know, and I mean, I know I know journalists, we're, we're fans and stuff like fans are going to vote on it. But like the ones who have the votes are going to be, you know, subconsciously, you're going to be looking at that and being like, oh, well, yeah, he didn't miss any games. He has these stats. You know, these should be the MVP. Yeah, he's a runaway winner. But I but I feel like things like that should not be like, that shouldn't be the NBA.com's job. Like that shouldn't be the, the league's job to make those rankings like pop up in your face every week. You know what I mean? Like, I think that plays a big part in it, too. And I, I did not like that when I saw that this year. You know? Maybe it's based on market. Yeah, like, it was weird, though. Like, I'm like, I'm like I've never seen this before. I didn't have, like, an MVP ranking. Like, this is weird. Listen, I, I'm going to call it what it is. When I looked at it, I, I looked at two guys, in my opinion, that was, that was neck and neck. The only thing that was dividing them, and again, this is just my humble opinion, the only thing that was dividing them to me was Embiid. Missed more games. Like he missed, he missed a good amount of games. So I was like, okay. When it comes to marketing, I looked at which which person was better for the league. You know, as far as eyes on the league, and I and so when I started to see where the verbiage was going, I felt like okay, they're pretty much aligning this up for a, for the marketing purpose of it. 
Because to me, how I saw it, the only thing I, the only difference I saw was again, Embiid was like he missed a lot of games, but at the same time, the way the vocabulary was going, the vocab was going on. That I just felt like they're swinging people too much one way, like with the Joker. Embiid was playing too good at a certain point for us to be having any kind of conversations. Like, oh, well, he's guaranteed the MVP, the number one. You know, he's gonna. He, we're looking at the MVP here this year, and I'm like, okay, why? Because again, the only thing I, I had was Embiid being down for a certain amount of games. But when I stepped back, I looked at it as marketing. At the end of the day, it's about marketing, and sometimes you need certain people to help market the league better and to get more eyes on the league. Well, you know, hold on, hold on, time, 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 time. So, you, you really think that if Embiid played eighty games or or sorry, seventy or seventy-two games, you think that he he would have been considered MVP? Who Embiid? Yeah, I think so. If Embiid played eighty-two games and Joker played the uh, eighty-two games, it would be better for the Embiid to go towards Joker because at the end of the day, it's about business and and marketing. It's better if it went in a certain direction. Embiid made it easier for them because he didn't play eighty-two. You saw them lining you up to go this way, which would be better for marketing. Yeah, I uh, no like for me, I thought honestly until until Embiid got hurt, I thought Embiid was the runaway winner. Personally, this this is my yeah. personal opinion because it's not just offensively; it's defensively as well. That I, I thought defensively he he had way more of an impact than Joker. You know what I mean? Like Joker was maybe a little bit more all around. Embiid was was very dominant from the beginning of the year, but I thought like defensively on on the other side of the floor, like he's. He's like one of the contenders for a defensive player of the year, at least up, up to a certain point. And and to me, it's like when I look at that, uh, look at that fact, the fact that they're you know the first in the conference, they're like one of the top two teams in the league. I'm like, what am I watching here? Like, just to me, like there's, I thought it was like it was kind of hands down before he went down. That's why I was ashamed that I thought like he he got hurt. And I know for him, like he's got to feel a way too, because like if I'm in beat, I'm saying to myself, man. You know, I hope I make the finals. And if I make the finals, there is not an, a, a team, a, a, an opponent that I want to face more than the Denver Nuggets. Like, if you can have them meet up in the finals, which I don't think is going to happen, but if you have them meet up in the finals, I think he's going to try to do like an Akeem Olajuwon on David Robinson type of situation. Like, he's going he's gonna to he's gonna at least try to because mm -hmm. I, I think he probably feels like – and he can say, like, I know he's saying now, like, if you're in his comments, he's saying, well, you know what, I'm more, I'm focused on the championship. But, like, a guy like him, I'm sorry. I, I think he's, he's like, he wants, like, he feels like his MVP is in Denver. You know, and, and because of that, you know, like, um, that freak injury, it's sitting in Colorado right now, not in Philadelphia. You know, that that's to me. But, like, yeah. when, but, but like when I watch the NBA this season, I'll be honest, I, I, you might disagree with me, Anthony, when I say this, but when I watched it, the, the league this year, the three best players to me were, was correct. It was Embiid, Joker, and, and to me, Steph Curry. But I thought if I had to rank them personally, I thought Embiid was the best player, and I thought Curry was second, and I thought Joker was like a close third. Wow. To me, to oh, me anyway. Wow. But but I, but I think what but I think what Curry what affects him obviously is the team record. So that like uh -huh. that kind of like you can't make the not make the playoffs and win MVP. That's just it's not gonna happen. Like just in terms of what I was watching, I'm like, and I think it was actually pretty close. I don't think it was like you know and be like blowing everybody away specifically, but yeah, I think it was close. I definitely think it would be him. I saw him and, and Joker as like neck and neck. And again, I'll say it again. That's why I didn't like the, the you know the words that was coming out of these guys' mouths. 
because I was like, okay, what am I watching here? You know, because the way they made it sound, it's like it was a clear cut. Like Joker's, Joker's like way above him, and I'm, I'm like, I guess I'm, I'm seeing something completely different. You know, because mm-hmm. I thought it was neck and neck. Yeah, I, I hear, I, I hear your, uh, your, 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 um, your size of dissension, Anthony. You can say your piece; it's fine. How do I, how do I, how do I, how do I put this? Um, <laughs> Okay, keep this it might sound, keep it this, oh, No, definitely. This might this might this sound mother- weird to some. <laughs> <laughs> this might sound weird to some, but most people, like by saying this, I didn't even think of Joel Embiid even being MVP to begin with. What? Yeah, he's he, he he forgotten about. I don't know what it is in your house, but or just like no, listen, <laughs> man. Period. Because think about it. What did Joel Embiid do differently? This year compared to other years, he's been in the league. What did he do differently? Yeah, he's done the same exact thing they've done from before. I don't think so. I think he was. I think he was more. He was more efficient, more consistent. He cut down the threes. He started banging more on the. He's not not shooting the same amount of threes he was last year. Should be shooting threes to begin with. Hey, I'm not disputing that, but I'm saying he's he's not shooting with the same amount before. Like he would be shooting six and seven a game, which I thought would be way too much. But he's he like okay. he cut he cut that at, I I don't know what the exact numbers I'm not looking actually I should pull it up while I'm talking to you guys but um but yeah I know I know he came down like he was not shooting him as much as he was before and that some of that has to do with Doc Rivers too right like making sure like okay we're gonna get the best out of you there's some there's certain things we gotta change you know what I mean like there's certain things like as great as you are like you there's another level you can get to in his defense I thought he hit those levels personally that's me. I thought he hit those levels where it's like he like even even last even last night watching the game like even the, the other night watching um, them play Atlanta like I mean it's Capella Capella's not a you know he's a pretty good defensive player and he's just he's treating him like toilet paper you know well, hold on, hold on, hold on. Uh, let's be real though he had Capella down there he he was down there but it seemed like he was shooting more than he was playing down low I don't Back know to the basket. And turning on him and doing work because biggest, I don't think he could actually. One thing I noticed with Embiid is he talks a lot, and I feel like listen, he is a good player. I'm not saying he's not a good player at all. But I feel like if, but he, if he if he has the inability to talk to someone and get in their head, he is ineffective. I mean, it'll be apples oranges, but let's just use these two. Capella, Capella started talking from the New York series right into you know game one, and he came with confidence. Where did MB go for game one? He was there, the same thing he usually does. But guess what, though? These guys were down 26 at one point in that game. If you're an ultimate leader, you're not letting it get that bad. And for someone that's an MVP rank, and now mind you, word, the difference between him and Jokic is, Jokic doesn't play defense. He does. How did he let it get that bad? He's supposed to be the leader. Mm-hmm. At what point do you say, our right, word 10, 15, 20, Oh, man, come on. No, and, At what point did you even see him get upset? And, and while I don't dispute that, at the same time, I look at it as if this is the course of the series where he was allowing that to happen, I would be like, okay, yeah, you, you got to draw some stripes on, against him kind of thing. But, I mean, as crazy as it was, it is one game. You know what I mean? Like, I don't, I don't freak out too much about, like, one type of situation like because every game kind of changes in the playoffs, especially it's game one. Like, if, it's, if that was still happening in game four or game five, or if that even happened in Game Four, or Game Five, I think I look at that more serious than I do Game One. But 
with that said, I mean, yeah, like it's that was kind of shocking. Atlanta did come to play, but like I'm looking at the stats here. Like this guy's he had 39 game one, 40 game two. You know, so so it's like he's, he's yeah. I think I think right now where his game is at, like I don't think he can be. I I literally don't think it can be stopped by anybody in the league right now. I really don't. That's just me though. Yeah, I I agree. I think he stops himself if he starts um, going out by the three point line. Yeah, you know, he starts trying to get pretty. But that's what I'm saying. But that's who he's been though, and he still reverts to that, mind you. Okay, but the game, the NBA game, is all about detail. So. If I got a if I got a problem down low in Capella or at least some sort of an issue, I, I should not be thinking about going outside to shoot threes or eighteen footers or whatever the case may be. I'm looking to get this guy foul trouble. Yeah, because once once you get him out, the game completely changes now. Mm-hmm. Someone of that nature, he shouldn't have to be told that by Doc Rivers. No, you're right. You're, you're, you're that part. You're right. Like he had some growing to do. I, I don't dispute that at all. Don't dispute that. But not even. But let's bit. keep it real. In today's NBA, they're not built like that, though. They're not built like that. How much times in in today's NBA have we seen that where you know you can kill a guy inside? The guys, the guys in foul trouble, and you're still outside shooting jump shots. It's a different breed of guys now. They're not going to take you inside and beat the snot out of you and get you out of a game by the beginning of the fourth quarter. You are absolutely right. I can think of one player in particular that could do damage inside, but chooses to shoot, and is not affected whatsoever. What it's funny with that's with that said though, Capella did. He's averaging five fouls a game, and he had five in, in game one and game two. So mm-hmm. I mean, he is he is getting him in foul trouble, and I mean, yeah, it's but, not it's not all. He's not doing like a shack where he's just literally banging against you. Like he's he's hitting jumpers, that kind of stuff. I don't mind. You know what I mean, but it's, but it's, I think I think the difference is he cut back on the threes like big time. You know, Joel was, had five fouls as well too though last game. Yeah, in the game before that. That that's that's true too. But I, I just like I said, like to me, like just going back to what I was saying before, I just think he's. I think to me when I I like I look at the best player this season, I don't as great as Joker's been. I, I don't want to disregard what he did because some of those Denver games, if you stayed up late to watch them, they were they, they were amazing to watch and and watch him work was just. It was special, you know what I mean. So I don't want to take any credit away from him, but like to me, like every yeah, time I watch, special, yeah, he was he was sick. Like I didn't, I, I, you can't deny that. But there's just there's a little something extra about Embiid, especially on both ends of the floor. Where I'm like, to me, this is the best. Like I, I feel, I still feel like I'm watching the best player right now, you know. And and, and honestly, I'm just happy. I'm just happy as well that the big men are back. That we're even having this conversation because. I mean, Joker's the first MVP, a first center to win MVP since Shaq 21 years ago. How crazy is that? That's insane. Wow. You know, so the fact yeah. that 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 like we're even having this conversation about arguing about a big man, I think that's actually really good because I think big men were they've been forgotten and it's now they're they're coming back and I think it's it's needed. Like they need to come back. With that said, though, um, you know, talking about this this Hawk series a little bit, are you guys like me? Are you guys praying for Joel Embiid like I am to stay healthy? To stay healthy, for the, yeah. For the series, for the second series, you're talking S- series and 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 going forward, like in the, the rest of the playoffs. I mean, yeah, I I am because I, as much as listen, I love KD and I love Kyrie to death. I could watch those guys play all day, every day, but I want to see somebody whoop their ass 
because I think them going through and winning it is horrible for the league. I think it's horrible, that team winning. I think it's horrible because of the stacked team and the super team nonsense. And I think it's horrible because they're going to look at, I'm sorry, I love Steve Nash, but just keeping it real, they're going to they're gonna treat Steve Nash like some some great thing that came out of the mountains. You know what I mean? If he, if he wins it within his first year, even though he was given a super team. And I feel like, you know, I feel like my, like my, uh, like my little nephew could have coached that team. <laughs> you know what I mean? Calvin, I feel like your son could have coached his team. <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. So because of that, I want him to stay healthy because when they finish with Milwaukee, I don't see Atlanta being able to control that, that three-headed monster once they're clicking. I know. You're talking about Brooklyn? From Brooklyn. Oh, you already oh you already got them to beat Atlanta that quickly? Brooklyn? No. Listen, really. bro- yeah, I think no, I'm saying I, I want them be to stay healthy and them to beat Atlanta because I oh, don't okay. see Atlanta being able to control that three headed monster. I don't even see Philly being able to, but I think they have a better chance. I just want somebody to beat Brooklyn. Even though, again, I love Kyrie and I love KD, but I still want to see somebody bump them out because I just think they're bad for the league. Oh, okay. Here you go. This is perfect to go with that then. If Philadelphia were to beat Atlanta and, and see Brooklyn in uh, the next round, Brooklyn lacks a big man. They have KD playing the five, which is weird. <laughs> you now have Joel and Embiid that plays a five, and that means KD's going to have to put the work in with, 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 with Joel because Blake Griffin, let's be serious, that's not going to work well. So in terms of length, you have to use KD. If you were to see – like, okay, better question. Do you think that Joel will actually destroy KD in the paint? Or do you feel I, that he will resort to shooting jumpers at some point throughout the game when he shoots – Hundred percent think he will resort to jump shots because that's today's guys. They just refuse to do the dirty. I think at some point he's going to get cute and he's going to float around the, the the foul line and then out towards the three point line. I think he can't help himself. You know what I mean? It's just to it's just to what degree? Oh, is he really trying to win? Then? Yeah, that's a scary thing. He is really trying to win, but that's all. That's all they know. I think this. I think this generation. That's all they know. So it's not like they're not trying to win. That's what they feel will make them win. They don't realize, like, you know, if, they, if, they, if he resorts to Shaq, it's over. If he runs into Brooklyn and he resorts to, he, he uh, channels Shaquille O'Neal, it's a wrap. But, but I, I would go as far as to say 99% he won't. Yeah, I, um, it's funny because for me, like, I'm not a doctor, Right. So I'm not 100% sure, like, what degree, like, he can hurt his knee worse or anything like that by playing. With that said, I, I find myself, even watching the last game, I find myself wincing every time he drives to the basket and he bumps Compella or, or, or Collins out the way. Because, honestly, just with his problematic knee, like, problematic injury history, period. Like, to me, honestly, really and truly, he probably should, because it's a knee, because it's a, it's a meniscus tear, he probably should sit until it heals. But but I'm you think probably <laughs> he shouldn't be playing. But but yeah, I just I just think that like I don't know, man. I I think like I'm thinking like if he he couldn't hurt it any worse, that's maybe that's why he's out there. Like he's willing to maybe risk it. 
But that, that honestly, for him, for that pressure for him has to be immense because, you know, you got to think about it. Like to me, if if you're like him, you're thinking he like I'm the best player in basketball. He basically lost his MVP because he missed time to an injury. You kind of want to shake that monitor, that moniker of being like injured, like a like an AD, like he has that. He kind of has that injury prone tag on him as well. And then now this tear happens, and and your team has a legitimate shot to win it, winning it all. And it's all on you. Like it's basically on your back. Do you shut it down for the year and possibly feel yeah. the pressure of Philadelphia for yes. on your back for months on end? <clears throat> yes, I say you shut it down for the year. The reason why I say yes is because you have to always pay attention to history. We saw it. We saw it happen to two players that was dynamic, and they did. They they pulled a huge mistake. They put a team, an organization, before. Their, them, themselves. I don't know if these guys have somebody that they look up to, a mentor, somebody that can get in their ear, but they don't pay attention to history. When I watched when Grant Hill pulled, and then Brandon Roy came and followed in Grant Hill's footsteps after seeing what Grant Hill pulled, he put he put a team before his body and his and that entity that which is his body, that vehicle that, that is his body. Now, to me, I find it in in, in um like to me insane. That indeed, all these years later, he's coming and he's doing the exact same thing. You gotta, you gotta not care what the fans say. You gotta not care what the team has to say because the team doctors, of course, are gonna find a way to tell you. You know, you, you, you can't make it worse than it already is. Once they tell, they told him there was a slight tear. That should have been a game over. I'm done. I'll see you guys next season. We saw it happen before. He's got one slight, slight mistake on that court. And what happens if, if he's never the same again? You don't take that chance. Never put a team over your entity. That entity that's you, that's generational money. You know what I mean? Like, you do not mess with that. I think, to me, again, I would love to see MB take care of Brooklyn, but I would, I would much rather see MB tell them, I'm done, and I'll see you guys next year. Especially after seeing what happened to Brandon Roy and Grand Hill. I still can't believe guys are still taking that chance. Like, that... That to me is is idiotic. It might 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 be a reason for that though. I think it's beyond the player, the coach, medical staff. It might be this contract. There's too many causes in there. And all you got to do is write a whole bunch of stuff that you know that player wants to see. And then that sports agent, that lawyer says, yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't worry, I got you what you need, everything that you asked for. But then that owner that owns millions and millions of dollars, it's been proven. Most of these owners don't really care too much about the health of these players because they only care about the right? Yeah. Because in the next two, three, four, five years, they you know they scout well in advance. Like oh, I got another guy, that I'll probably end up bringing me another hundred hundred million into my pockets. So I'm a, I'm gonna milk the most I can out of these guys. So in this contract, there's gonna be a clause that says if this injury is not I don't know a slight meniscus tear. A meniscus tear is a meniscus tear. I would have missed mm-hmm. But they're mentioning a slight meniscus tear. I don't know if they're trying to downplay it, but now in the contract, if it says if it's not, if it's not life-threatening or major, a major whatever uh, to, 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 your, to your career, a major blow to your career, you're playing. I'm paying you way too much money, way too much money for you to sit. And then you kind of think about some other players that have kind of came out and said, hey, listen, I'm, 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 not, I'm not playing. 80 games, and I'm going to choose what games I'm not playing. Mm-hmm. And I will, I will resort to Kawhi Leonard. 
Um, yeah. You know what I'm saying? A guy that said, you know, and this all started from San Antonio where he's like, I'm worried about my health. Never really heard a player come out and talk about their health like that. Mm-hmm. I would say Kawhi is probably the first one to come out like that to the public saying, no, I'm worried about my generation. I'm worried about the next generation to come after me. If I'm going to do this and get paid for it, I want to be able to get the food smile that's going to reap all the benefits from it. And I'm going to be there to enjoy it, enjoy it with them. And now everyone's into this mode of management, but now owners have to scramble quickly to find out how we're going to profit off of this. We're not mm-hmm. losing, uh, you know, Adam Silver or whoever gets involved saying, hey, listen, this is bad for TV. We need these guys to play. All right, well, we'll figure out which games they'll be sitting. Most likely they're going to be sitting against teams that are not uh, in a high market, right? Mm-hmm. So now for Joel Embiid's situation, I don't know. You guys, that you, Kyle, you said you winced when he was going down the lane and stuff like that. Watching that game last night, just watching him, man, it looked like he's got pain, but he's playing through it. But there's nothing he can do about it. He has no choice. He, he doesn't become a free agent until uh, till 2023. So he's still got like two years after two years after this season, but. It's interesting so to he, see because yeah, cause you, like so the first thing I saw is as soon as he came out the game, they put the they put the ice pack and the heating pack right on his knee immediately every time he sits the bench. That's crazy. And I'm just like, ah, I don't know about this, man. Because you're mentioning Grant Hill and Brandon Roy. Now saying that, um, I know you're talking about Grant Hill and and Brandon Roy, but we've seen this with 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 T Mac. You've seen this with with Gilbert Arenas. You know, like he didn't mm-hmm. like he didn't take his, his uh, rehab seriously and came back too early, and then basically screwed up his career. We saw with Derrick Rose, who came back too early from his first knee injury, and that caused a whole bunch of complications. And you know, that all of a sudden, the, the face of the franchise, head of Adidas, is like came crumbling down, right? So, no, like I said, I, I look at this stuff and I'm like, I think you're both right. Like, there's definitely a pressure to play. You know, and it's, and it's funny because even even um, I mean, we saw this two years ago with with Kevin Durant, right? When when he had the the calf injury and and you know, like he still decided to play because they were down three mm-hmm. one, and, and look what happened. He should have just he should have just let the rap uh, the Raptors win in five. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? And just and just and just sit on it. You know what I mean? And he was good, he was about to be a free agent. It didn't hurt his pockets because he still ended up getting the max money doing what he wanted to do. But he still lost a year off his career. Right, mm-hmm. so like he he could have he could have just sat that out and been back and been ready by, you know by uh by October or or, or the, you know to be or the fall or what have you. Mind you, it's an Achilles, so who knows if that was gonna go anyway? But you know what I mean. But you just you just don't know at the time. Like you could see he wasn't ready. You know what I mean? Like before that point, like he was not ready. So um, so I'm, say, I'm saying all this to say like I you know it's it's a tough call. Like I don't know, but. Slight, like, like I don't know if a slight meniscus hit tear could turn into an ACL, but you don't want that to be a full meniscus tear. Until like Chris's point, you know, we're we're, not, we're this is this is the best of Embiid we're seeing from now on, you know, mm-hmm. and and all of a sudden he's you know two years from now he's Dwight Howard, mm-hmm. you know, so it's like you, you don't want to see that either. Um, what was I to say here? Let me move on to the next point. Um, I guess this question is more. I, I guess I'll let Anthony answer this question first. Um, h- how much would it cost for me to get on the Phoenix Suns bandwagon? Are Are you gonna charge me tax? Tax? <laughs> you gonna pay more than that, buddy? Way more than that. Damn it! Damn it! I mean, I gotta do. You see, you said I gotta get a loan. Ah uh, man, it might be more than that too. You might have to give him an organ for that. Son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> I mean. 
Hey man, you know, I, you I, I gave you your cool. roses. I gave you your roses, man. I, 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 you know, I, I gave you, especially on the gram. I gave you roses on the gram, saying like, "Yo, you was, you was right. You was right. I was wrong. You was right. <laughs> you was right." Although I still, I still believe if AD was healthy, I, I don't think that that's that the whole you know, complexion of that series completely changes. But you know, but the result is the result. I'm not even mad at the result because I, th- I think having the Lakers out, I think it's actually a good thing. So I, mm-hmm. I, I'm not even I'm not even mad or anything like that, but uh, yeah, I, I had it wrong. I had it wrong, and I, and, I, and honestly, I didn't give them the proper credit because, and don't get me wrong, I liked watching them this season, but with all the teams going down for injuries and COVID and all that stuff, I wasn't completely sure how legitimate it was. You know what I mean? But but at the same time, like watching you know the last like say four games that they've played, and mind you, both teams, the Lakers, you know, have have, have compromised health, and Denver doesn't have. Um, Barton or um or Jamal Murray with that mm-hmm. said like they just seem like they're ready to go man so I like sh- like I was really impressed especially that last game that they played I was I was super impressed by, by what I was seeing because it was the energy they're coming with it's like they're they're ready now they're ready mm-hmm. like right now like they they don't they're not waiting for like next year or you know two years from now when they're you know where they're really mature like they're not waiting like they're ready now you know, and, and I love to see it, especially from the younger guys, like an Aiton and, a, and like a Mikel Bridges and stuff. Like, I love to see it. Mm-hmm. Well, I'll start off with this. I told you. But with that being said, um, with Denver, I feel they'll, they'll get past Denver. Again, uh, it's a little bit different um, with a Portland team that plays zero defense going against a Denver team that plays no defense as well. Um, Denver is now going against a team that could actually slow down the game if they need to, um, but put that defensive pressure on you. Um, it might, it's going to be a little bit difficult to get Nicole Jokic, um, you know, down in this game, but, um, DeAndre Aiden, I feel, can actually leave the paint area and give them some sort of problems, but at the same time, in order for Nicole Jokic to be effective, he needs the help in terms of his other guys, uh, Aaron Gordon. Who demanded that trade, or or an Aston trade? I would say out of Orlando, I said that he would only go to a contending team. I have yet to see him appear or show up in any of these series yet. Um, that's that's with the Portland series and even the Phoenix series. Factual. So all that crying, I don't know what that was about. Um, so then now you also look at um, the next person on that team. You don't really have anybody. Harden's down. Oh, sorry, I take that back. You got Michael Porter. I was about to say. But yeah, I was going to say. He's playing nice. They, 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 but it, something happened the last two games of that Portland series. He wasn't himself anymore. And I don't know if this is a mental thing. Could possibly be that. But Phoenix is definitely thriving off of that. And they're continuing that same type of pressure to where he can't get it going again. It's like, even tonight's game, he's questionable to even play. So, who knows what we're going to see. All of a sudden, now you got Will Barton is no longer considered doubtful. Um, but they got him to possibly suit up um, Barnes setback in um, his pregame warm-up. Mm. So what kind of team are we going to see against uh, Phoenix tonight, being that you have Will Barton? Can't really push him too hard, but someone else has to show up. So I think right now with the type of team that um, Phoenix has with your point guard that's still not even playing 30 minutes, but Cameron Johnson has picked it up and is now bringing mm-hmm. brought in the energy off the bench alone. Phoenix looking more dangerous than I thought they would be coming out of that Lakers season. Like I said, yeah. that Lakers, natural-wise, with the Lakers, they had the, the advantage. But now, 
with Denver, it's almost going to be like they're working on conditioning uh, to get themselves ready for, for, for Utah because uh, I don't see the Clippers getting past those guys. But um, it's, I think it's going to be Utah and Phoenix, and that's going to be the ultimate test in terms of actual style play because now everyone is going to have to show out in order to get um, to get further because yeah, Denver's going to have a hard time. Yeah, no, no doubt. I think this year also um, – I'm impressed that Chris Paul is still healthy because that always makes me nervous. I always find myself like, when the playoff starts, I'm like, yeah, there goes Chris Paul. So I almost feel like I'm waiting for it. So this year that he's staying healthy, you know, knock on wood, like it's, it's actually nice to see. Like he's playing, you know, he's playing steady, but I always expect him to go down. So I'm, you know, I'm hoping I'm wrong this year because it'd be nice to see that team. Get into at least like the the conference finals. Vegan diet, you know what I mean. <laughs> According to what he says, vegan diet. Yeah, true. He true. Has, he hasn't missed any games in the last two years, or like this is the most. That's amazing. Game, so, the, the, the but then game. also, um, that coach. After what that coach went through, oh, yeah. I I root for him like like every time. You know what I'm saying? Like like oh, yeah. every time. Like he needs like whatever whatever W he gets, and you know like he deserves it all. You know what I mean? I agree. After after what he went through, and just to be able to keep pushing forward, I mean that that's a ama- that's amazing in its own. You know what I mean? Absolutely, mm-hmm. absolutely. Like I said, it's interesting to see them play though now because y- you're kind of seeing it in this playoffs so far. And I know the playoffs is it's still relatively early. We're not even halfway through yet, but it, it's showing that there's, there's a changing of a guard. That's I think it's here. I don't even think it's like it's it's either it's coming at, at worst case scenario, but I, I think it's actually here because even with Memphis, like you see Memphis is about a year away. Like Memphis, mm-hmm. I was thinking maybe yeah, about two years away. And I'm like, after watching the way they've handled themselves in the playoffs and they're a young team and they don't have the experience yet. I'm like, man, they they want everything like right now. Like they don't seem like they're waiting two years. Like I think next year you got to be careful. Because I think they're coming. And then you're even looking at Atlanta. Like, you know, Atlanta's another team where prior to, you know, them firing uh, Lloyd Pierce, I was like, I was so, dis- not disgusted with them, but I was like, they're a disappointment to me. And now they're they're like a completely different team. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and they have that energy too, where it's like, they're about a year or so away. We're like, you know, it's the, like that energy's here now. Like they're, they're not, they're not scared of the moment. And I think um phoenix is that like the way they're playing like they like like booker honestly watching him play in that lakers series he because that was his first playoff series that he's had in his career he reminds me of one of those students that like overstudy for a test mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what i mean like he was just on one basically after game four like I, I just like where they are right now you know with phoenix like yes you know cp3 and, and crowder is basically they're bringing that vet leadership and that experience and stuff and that toughness that this team they need but they're all coming with it. And, and to me, honestly, the, the guy I'm happiest with the most is Aiton. Because, you know, when, when you look at where he was drafted, everybody's looking at it like, oh, man, like, you know, they should have drafted Luka. They should have even drafted Trey Young. But I always thought that guy was a good player. I just thought he just didn't have an opportunity. You know, like before, mm. before Chris Paul got there, like I, I used to watch some of those Phoenix games and they would ignore him for like quarters at a time. You know, it was weird. And I'm like, every time he got the ball, I'm like, okay, he's scoring. Every time he gets the ball, I'm like, he's either getting fouled or he's making a, or he's, or he's you know, he's getting to where he needs to go. I'm like, why do they feed this guy the ball more? You know, and, and I remember for the longest while, Phoenix did not have a point guard. So that was their biggest problem too. 
So I think having Chris Paul there kind of solves that. And and I think some of it is his aggressiveness, but you're seeing in the playoffs, like he's elevating his game. Like that, I don't know what's going to happen with this series going forward, but just the way he went at uh, Joker, I, I'm like, I'm like, yo, this, I'm so happy for this guy. I'm so happy for this guy right now. Because I think he was kind of, even though he's a number one pick, he was almost like second fiddle compared to like Dantage and even Trey Young. So it's like to see now where he's at, I hope he, you know, he builds on this going forward. And he's so young, too. What is he, like 21, 22? Like, he's also so young. So, like, the, the sky's the limit for him. But the fact that he's already getting chops, like, he, you know, he, he outplayed all, their big, all the bigs on the Lakers. He's coming at it with the MVP of the league. Man, like, this is impressive. I, I love what I'm seeing. Anthony, don't charge me a lot of money on this team. I'm just, I don't have, I don't have, the, I don't have the funds for it, man. Just, just give me a pass. I'm going to sneak through the back door. That's all I'm going to say to you. <laughs> Don't do that. Those Phoenix fans might not be too happy about that one. <laughs> you know? Well, something you said just a little while ago where, where you were saying um, it's like there's players now, these young guys want it now. I was just telling somebody maybe like two days ago that the NBA is in a weird place right now. And the reason why I say that is you have all these young guys right now that are here. And they're, and they're, not, they're not just at the door. They're in the room now. They want what's theirs. But yet, there's two, there's at least two super teams that's so unnecessary right now. That's how it feels like. It's like, it feels like these two super teams aren't really needed right now for ratings and whatnot. The NBA is in a place right, it's in a great place right now. But unfortunately, there's two super teams. That's how the NBA feels right now. Like, I love the young talent. You have all these guys that are like, there's a lot of dogs right now. But the problem is, at the end of the day, there's these two super teams that's hovering above everybody. Now, one's gone, but there's still one hovering over everybody, at least in the East, that makes you feel like, you know, it doesn't matter what Trey does. It doesn't matter what, you know, this one does. And at the end of the day, when the smoke clears, it's going to be, you know, the super team standing there dusting itself off. You think, you think Brooklyn will make it to the finals? You think you Brooklyn's going to make it to the finals? Yeah. I think they have a great chance to make it to the finals. To me, they have the best chance to me in the East to make it to the finals, especially, and I, and I say it again, I hope it doesn't happen, but if something happens to Embiid, because I think Embiid is playing on ball time. They have a, a great chance to go to the finals. Something happens to Embiid, to me, it's without a doubt. They're going to the finals, like without a doubt. So to me, Embiid is the only thing stopping them right now, and I don't know if he's going to be there if they come out of uh, this series and Philly comes out of this series. I don't know if MB could, could take that full grinding. Because remember, with, with a slight tear, all it takes is you turning wrong or landing a little harder than you were supposed to. Right. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, uh, it's like you're holding on by a pinky. Hmm. I don't think Brooklyn's going to make it. Really? Say it again? I don't think Brooklyn's going to make it. That's, I, I, it's, it's weird. People think I'm crazy. Oh, I got to challenge I you again. Go on. Sorry. Go on. Sorry. <laughs> I, I, I just don't see Brooklyn. I don't see Brooklyn. They don't play defense. I don't know. I mean, KB has shown some signs. But then again, these decisions, more so I'm talking with Milwaukee for the first two games. I don't understand why you're not using Brooke Lopez. I don't know what I don't know what they're doing. That's that's what my my other question. I'll probably just ask that one next. But yeah, I don't know what the hell they're doing over there right now. Those those first uh, those first two games. Right. Right. What, what, why is Giannis still shooting threes? No. Nah, I don't. Why get is that. it? Why Why is it that only 
The only person that can seem to get into the paint is Drew Holiday. Yeah, it's it's, well, it's, it's, it's weird. Right now. The it's, ball moves, and then Drew makes a move and gets to the paint. But Giannis can't get into the paint. Chris Middleton can't get into the paint. Brook Lopez doesn't seem to get the ball in the paint. What's happening? That was, it's funny because that, that was the question I was going to ask. I may as well ask it now to, to attach yourself to this Phoenix question. But is 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 Milwaukee perpetrating the fraud? <laughs> because those that first two games, like to touch on your point, Anthony, I I'm actually kind of stunned by how they came out because I was like, you know what, they're gonna, you know, they're such a bigger team. They play defense, and it's gonna be really hard to stop. Um, Kyrie and, and, and KD, even without Harden being there, like they're just those guys are unstoppable, and and it's going to be really hard to stay in front of those guys. But with that said, I'm like, offensively they can bring they can bring some heat to them too, and they play defense, and they're a bigger team. And I'm like, if if they're gonna you know win those fifty fifty balls and those loose balls and you know like those those hustle plays, like if if they're beating Brooklyn on those things, then this is a much closer series. It's going seven, but right now. The Nets, I would say, are is dominating them in those fifty fifty positions, like those those hustle plays. They're getting dominated. The loose balls and stuff, it's all going the Nets' way. And I'm like, if this is what's going to happen the rest of the series, the Milwaukee has no shot because you're not. Mm. It's going to be hard to stop them offensively as it is. You know what I mean? But like, but if you're but you, if you're not if you're not going to get the loose balls, if if, if you're if you're if the, the, if the Nets bench and Shamet and these guys are Bryce Brown is going to be like outworking PJ Tucker and these guys, I'm like, well, then forget it. Then, <laughs> like, why are they playing at this point? They're not going to have a shot, you know. So I, I don't know what's going on with them either, because I'm thinking like, okay, at some point you're going to see a Giannis game. Like Giannis at some point is going to go nuts. So I, I'm thinking it's going to be the next game. I, at least I like to think so. Right now, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what's going on with that team either. Just, to, just to touch on your point, like if they I, lose I don't, game three, it's a wrap. Oh, of course, of course. There's no shot, but they just, they just look ter- like honestly, they like especially the last game. I'm like, what the hell am I watching right now? Like they look terrible. <laughs> they look, they look terrible. They look like honestly, they they look like they. It, it almost looked like a junior varsity team playing a varsity team. That's what it looked like. Like, I, and I don't get it too. I don't understand why they're not using their size. Because to me, Brooke Lopez was kind of doing the Embiid thing where he wasn't shooting as much threes this this time, especially in that Miami series. He was he was parking himself in the paint a lot of times and getting good baskets. And I'm like, so what's happening now? <laughs> this this team is actually smaller. So what is, what is yeah. what is going on here? You know, I think Budenholzer. I think he wants to get fired. I don't know. <laughs> I think that's good. Yeah, man. That game three, even though it's a four, a seven game series, you need to, you need to get four. You <laughs> might be fired after three. <laughs> he's, getting, he's getting out of control, man. This is this is crazy. Like I'm really trying. To, I'm sitting here and I'm just I'm just watching the game. I'm like, listen, I'm, I know I'm no expert. I'm not even in the NBA, but come on, man. There's no way I should be this confused watching the game of basketball. It's simple fundamentals. The decisions that need to be made should be happening. So now, let's just let's leave Greenhauser alone. What about the rest of the staff on the bench? How's no one saying anything? I know. He should be giving a a, a report. Before every game, they go over it. They talk about it. They discuss it. All right, we're getting killed. Well, how are we getting killed? Well, clearly, Brooklyn can put up points, and we seem to not be able to do that. What's Brooklyn's weakness? Well, they got no inside presence. So why the hell are we not using inside presence then? We have it on several fronts. Maybe, I mean, these teams are being assembled to beat other teams. 
in your division before you get mm-hmm. to the Western Conference and you get to the finals. You're telling me everyone's been talking about how Milwaukee has now put a, assembled a team to make it to the finals. But what? But Brooklyn got three people that could probably drop a, a combined, I don't know, 80, 90 points on you? Yeah. Like what, are you, what are we talking about here? That, that, that doesn't make no sense. You have the pieces to beat Brooklyn, though, but you're just not utilizing it. So it's almost like they're throwing this on purpose. But that's just my own conspiracy here. <laughs> You think you think um, you, you think Boonhoser wants to go to to St. Kitts and Nevis? <laughs> he, wants to, he wants to start his vacation early. Maybe like you always, Every time that camera hits his face, he always looks confused. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> I'm, I'm like, what, what, did someone just say something crazy? Something? But I he think that's the first last year and the year before the that too. Well, now let's be real here. I mean. <laughs> The Raptors were going to beat them, so I don't know why he'd be surprised about that. Because <laughs> he used to have that look on confusion, and, and that yeah, and that, and that, and that like, go, once the Raptors turned it around two years ago, you could see like yeah. the look of confusion on his face. But but that's that's the that's the knock on him though as a, as a coach in the playoffs. He doesn't he doesn't always seem like he adjusts well. You know what I mean? So obviously the Nets do him a wrinkle here, and it's like. He has that deer in the headlights look, you know what I mean? Where it's just like he's just confused as to like what to do. It just seems weird. It seems weird. But you're right. Like it's it's one of those things where it's like if they don't figure it out, if they honestly if they get if they get swept, there's no way he's keep, he's keeping his job. There's no way. Like honestly, if they lose game three, he's probably getting fired pretty much at that point. He's gonna just play out the string of the series uh, unless they win four in a row. Like he's gone. So I I think I think this game is actually pivotal for <laughs> for for the Bucks season, but for his career as a, as a as a as a Bucks coach, I think like if they lose Game Three, I think I think basically they're just they're signing the pink slip already. They're just they're basically just waiting to like drop it off in his office by the time the, like the like I would say maybe thirty seconds after the series is over, it'll be in his envelope slip. <laughs> <laughs> um, my final question I want to ask you guys is um, is about Utah. Do you guys find Utah over un, not overrated but underrated? Should they yeah. not be treated as a serious finals threat? Because I don't feel should like they, they get their proper respect. You said should they not be considered, or they, should they be considered a, a, a finals threat? I'm saying should should they not be considered? Because I feel like they're they're not always considered to be the, like this threat to win it all. I think they are, but like I want to hear you guys. I thoughts. think they are. I think they are. I, I, with Utah, I always feel like, um, well, this season, I mean, I feel with Utah, it's like they're a team that just feels battle-tested. You know, like, like yeah. you've, been, you've been beaten up for so long that one day you finally get up and, and, and you know, you start swinging back. That's how, that's how uh, Utah feels to me. Utah feels like they've been battle-tested and, like, they're ready. They just feel ready, mm-hmm. you know, and especially... When uh, when Mitchell came back, you know when 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 Memphis put on the show on them and Mitchell was watching, I said, okay, when Mitchell comes back, this is over. And, and as soon as he came back, he changed the whole energy of that series. And I was like, yeah, you just felt with the, with these guys. You just I still feel like that, like like they're ready. I I still don't understand Conley because Conley, like I said the other day to to in in our chat group, he sneezes and and he's out for like two three weeks. You know, I don't understand that guy. If he was to stay healthy, I think Utah is even more of a problem. You know, but I just feel like they're ready. I mean, they have so much pieces, the, the, the shot blocker. And that's the next thing, too. I feel like 
um, like he's gone up a notch. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like Rudy's gone up, gone up a notch. Like I, I've seen Rudy do some things in the key sometimes. I'm like, what am I watching? Who is that? That's not Rudy. You know, he did a he did a reverse layup the other day. I think some of it was fluke. Uh, he might have closed his eyes to the back end of it. But I was still like, Rudy? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I almost feel like his game has gone up a slight bit. But as a team, you just feel like as a unit, like they're ready. Like they've been beaten up so much. Like it's their time now. I would, I would, I would 100% agree with Chris on that one. The way this team has been assembled, everybody can play their role. And they have no problem with it. I think there was a little bit of noise when it came to Mitchell and Gobert in terms of touches and whatnot, but I think Gobert just finally said, you know what, if this is what's going to win his games, then you know what, I'll perform it and I'll just, I'll just play the best I can. And it's just trying to be effective. Uh, in terms of Conley, he's older though, man. You got to give him that. He's older. He's what? He's, he's older. He's older than, a, than AD. AD should not be falling apart like this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but yeah, but you can't say that though, um, Anthony. Because I mean, he was older. He was older at twenty-one. <laughs> you know what I mean? This has been this guy's career. His whole career has been it, it's been like he was built for ping pong and not for basketball. You know what I mean? Now, so you don't think you don't think that all right, to to go what uh, what Cal was saying earlier in terms of MB and whatnot. So let's look at in the eyes of. An owner for the Philadelphia Sixers, owner of the Utah Jazz. I got a player here, and I'm sitting. I'm sitting in the front office. I'm looking at my board, and I see that. Listen, we have a really good chance to get to the NBA Finals this year. Mm-hmm. Do we want to let Conley play now, and potentially make whatever injury worse, or should we sit him because we have somebody to replace him in Jordan Collison, but more so. Down on the Mitchell that runs that takes the point, and then they just they just have Carson come in and um, and uh, what's him called comes in at the two. Mm-hmm. In regards with Philadelphia, Philadelphia now says uh, we we got a good chance to make it to the finals. Not a really good chance. We got a good chance, but we got a problem in Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. Can we afford to sit Joel Embiid right now? Well, who's going to replace Joel Embiid? Knucklehead Dwight Howard. You think you think that's the right decision? Probably can't. You got nobody else that can fill in that slot at the five, especially against Atlanta Hawks. Mm-hmm. Maybe if they win it, maybe if they win against New York. We might be saying something different now to come to think of it, because now you can afford to not put in uh, Joel Embiid against the Knicks because they don't even utilize their bigs. And I think they started referring to uh, Todd Gibson there to keep up with the small ball or the fast pace. Um, game of other Atlanta Hawks. Mm-hmm. So, with the Utah Jazz, I feel with McConley, I think they're playing it safe for him. I think they're being smarter. If I, as we were playing Philadelphia and Utah on the same on the same platform, and we had to ask which owner you think is being smarter about this, or which team mm-hmm. is being smarter about this, I would definitely say that Utah is because he had this hamstring issue uh, just before the season season ended as well, and yeah. they sat him. So, I don't know if it's one of those, we can't afford to let someone just play like this, like a, a Chris Paul, where I'll just work in a pregame just let a little bit where it goes. Uh, he's doing fine, I'll just go. Just like you said, all it takes is one shifty move to just re-aggravate that problem and make it worse, if not just disable it. It's, it's interesting because um, the fact that they won, 
I was like, yeah, the, I, to me, I'm like, it's a no-brainer. You just sit in the next game. Like, it, until it becomes a situation where it's like, okay, we need you now kind of thing. I'm like, the fact that they're mm-hmm. up 1-0, I'm like, eh. Like, I let him, I'd make him sit again because we got through the one game without him. And it's funny because mm-hmm. going back to that Atlanta um, Philly series, that game one, when I put it on and I saw that Atlanta was up 20, I thought, I honestly, I just assumed, ah, well, you know what? They sat in bead. That's probably the smart move. Let him at least sit, at least sit a game. Another game, let it you know, let him heal a little bit more, and then see what happens there. And then when I saw him sub in, I'm like, "Holy shit, he's playing!" Like, such <laughs> <laughs> what you're saying, I was like, "Oh, I was like, damn, okay." Like, I didn't think he was gonna play, you know. So, so it's the same thing here, where it's like, you know, now you've won this game. It's like, all right, well, now you can afford to kind of play it out and you know, <laughs> see, yeah, because especially it worked. It worked the first time. Like for me, I, I I've been saying this about the, like halfway through the year. I I think this team is they're they're like basically everybody's kind of ignoring them, but I think that this is the team that's ready to make that leap. And it's kind of the same point I made earlier. Um, Chris kind of you know said it, but again, like I like this is something I I think I said in an earlier podcast a couple of months ago. But I'm like, there's some teams where like. The medium people think like, okay, this is the team that's going to make the leap. And then all of a sudden, this other team kind of pops up out of nowhere, right? So I think after the conference finals, you're like, hmm, Denver looks like they're going to be really strong. You know, looks like uh, Murray, you know, jumped the level and stuff. And then all of a sudden, bam, here comes Utah. You know, so you see it in history and stuff where it's like, you know, I think I mentioned before, it's like, you know, Chicago Bulls, like when they were playing the super team with the Heat, you thought... Chicago and, and Miami was going to deal for the next few years. Then Rose gets injured. Then, bam, here comes the Pacers. We thought the Clippers are going to be that team in the mid, like, 2010s. We thought, like, the Clippers are going to be their team. You know, the Lob City, Dunk City. No, sorry. Lob City is going to be – they're going to be thriving now. You know what I mean? And then, boom, all of a sudden, here comes here comes the babyface assassin, you know, and, and all of a sudden he's, he's, he's changing the game with threes. So I, I think Utah is kind of on that same wavelength where it's like, you know, they, they've got some playoff scars. They've lost some games. And, you know, they've had some, even though they didn't make the, the first round, they didn't, I think they missed the first round the last two years. But for somebody like a Mitchell and stuff, like he got his chops in early. You know what I mean? Like he it didn't, he didn't take him like a few years to make the playoffs. Like he got in right away and did damage right away. You know what I mean? So it's like now they're just, they're here now. And I don't think, I don't think they're going to, I don't think it's a situation where this is like a fluke. I think they're going to be, they're here. Like they're here now. That's it. <laughs> this is going to be a team you're going to have to reckon with for the next few years. Gobert's got a, a long-term extension. Um, you know, Mitchell just signed his last summer. So like, well, the two of them signed theirs uh, this, this past off season. So like these guys are here for the next four or five years, you know? And I think with Conley too, like Conley, you can see he struggled last year, you know, to, to fit into that offense after all those years in Memphis. But this year, like, you, he figured out the playbook, you know, so he's ready to go. Like, this, what's stopping him right now, obviously, is his health. But you can see, like, once once he gets in, the team, it, it even goes up another level, you know. So, and look, I, I'm, a, I'm a Kawhi fan. Kawhi can go Kawhi and go nuts. But at the same time, I, I don't think their team is built to beat Utah right now. I, I don't see that series like I'll be shocked if it goes to a seventh game. You know what I mean? I, I think I'm, I'm just out of respect to Kawhi. I'm giving him like two games. But, you know, what you saw from um, Paul George the other night, like what? Like I, 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 I can't understand what's like what's the situation with Paul George because he didn't he, he wasn't always this bad in the playoffs. 
there was a period in time when he was on the Pacers. Like he was, he was solid. Like what happened? I don't understand. Is it after the injury? Like what is it? After he got traded, like I, I'm, I'm confused. Like when I was watching that game last night, I'm like, I, I don't understand what's actually happening right now. This is not making any sense. Like how come this guy's always like, you know, it's like it's almost like when the the playoffs come, the the deeper the the, the tougher the series, you get shocked when like he hits like two in a row, and I, I don't mm-hmm. know where that comes from. Playing with Kawhi Leonard. <laughs> but I think it was even before that when he was on OKC, it was the same thing. It was the same yeah. thing. Like when he was with Westbrook, it was the same we, thing. I don't, I don't think we got a chance to see PG at his best at OKC. Um, especially, I mean, he had his injuries there too. So I don't even think he even got the the the, the window of opportunity to show he was that player from, from Indiana. And I think maybe that has actually followed him to L.A. I think the pressure, the fact that they gave up an immense amount of picks – First round picks at that for Paul George to go to LA to pair him up with Kawhi Leonard has maybe put too much pressure on him. And, um, and I mean, if, if he got if a max he, contract, he, right, out of it too, so they, they they extended him and gave him the max or his max or whatever. But you know, right. like security so I, isn't I an issue like, for him. I feel like it's easier for him to say, you know, I can handle the pressure when I'm at a mid market. When he got the spotlights in, oh, there's a lot of spotlights in LA and La La Land. That might be too much for him. Because now he was brought to LA to win a championship, no questions asked. It's yeah. not you were you were brought you were resigned to Indiana or brought to OKC to help us get to the playoffs or to help us win or get to the finals. And then hopefully we can get over the hump. It's no, we expect championships. And for the mere fact again, you went over there and started trying to with Vinny do those little LeBron quotes. Come on. Oh, we ain't gonna get one. We ain't gonna get two. Bruh, you ain't even getting out the second round right now. That's not cool. Yeah. After everything they've and can you imagine if I mean, can you I don't see him going, but can you imagine if Kawhi left? <laughs> imagine. I mean, I don't think Kawhi will leave. I think they'll keep Kawhi. So. I don't I don't think trade, so either. They'll, they'll trade PG, if anything. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't see him leaving either. But I'm like, but sh- I mean, it could happen. That'd be such a failure if they trade PG. Man, that'd be such a failure. Like you know, team wise, it's, like, it's a failure no matter how you look at it. And all of a sudden, they win four championships. And the chances of that happening right now with them, I mean, Kawhi's got he, he's he's a free agent next year or yeah. no this summer. He can, he can opt out to this be a free agent. I think he's opting out. There you go. But he's doing it for the for the purposes of money, though. Let's be real. Mm. He ain't, he, he's not leaving. Something to do with his contract. Again, uh, Kawhi's moving just as calculated as LeBron does, especially when it comes to the brand. And being that he seems to be a little more smarter by his health, he's clearly thinking in a different path than most are thinking. So yeah. when it comes to structuring his contract and stuff like that, there's something else behind it. By him only doing two years, player option the third, yeah, I'm going to opt out, and then you're going to give me a Supermax. And now I got that for another, what's the Supermax right now, seven years? Five years, but it's, yeah, it's like it's 200 five million years. or whatever it is, yeah. Five years, and then I'll, hopefully I'll do enough here to where I can get one more major contract out. You know, he would have done well, because a lot of this money that these NBA players, the majority of the money is not from their contracts, well, the, the big time ones. It's more so made of, of their endorsements. 
So really, at the end of the day, salary is not really that important to him, in my in my in my opinion. Yeah, but but for him, I, I think he has to. I think salary is somewhat. It's. I mean, Kawhi's a different guy, so it's it's hard to say like, oh, the salary is important because if the salary was important, he would have stayed in Toronto, right? He could have just got his max there, right? So it's it's so he's a different cat but in the, that aspect. But, but can you hear but me? But the endorsements aren't there. The, the endorsements aren't there, though. Right, right. So, but but the thing is, is is he like raking up endorsements now? Because I've only seen him in New Balance and a and a Hyundai commercial. I haven't seen him in much else. But I mean, that's. Me living in Toronto, I don't know, you know, like locally what he's getting. You know what I mean? Like, there's other things maybe he's getting into over there as well. But I'm just, I'm, I'm just sure. saying, yeah, in LA. Yeah, but I'm or just California saying, marketing wise, yeah, marketing wise, I'm not, I'm not seeing like, you know, he's in all these different commercials. Like, he's not plastered on your TV screen, that's for sure. So, and I, I would think at least for now, unless they, you know, they have a, a, a plan they're building out in terms of making him a bigger star. I think salary-wise, it is it is somewhat important. But then again, this is Kawhi, so I don't know. <laughs> I, I, you know? I, I will say I will say this: in the state of California, that's the top rated state in terms of income, income tax. They're mm. taking damn near almost fifty percent of your paycheck. Yeah, that's insane. So, so if we're talking about salary-wise, <laughs> you definitely made the wrong choice by going to the Clippers. <laughs> mm. It's it's true. You so got. So, so that's what I'm saying where I feel that by him going to California, and it's not even like it balances out because they got Golden State, Sacramento, Clippers, and Lakers. So he's in there four, eight, uh, 16, 16 times. 16 games he's got to play at least in L.A., and that's not that's not the home games. Mm. Uh, I, I, I added, you, know, you, take out, you take out eight games in, you got the home games, but... Like, whoa, hold on, wait a minute. <laughs> You're definitely not trying to dodge the taxes here. That's why you see people talk about I'll go to Houston. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No income tax. There's no state tax there. He's collecting a lot of his money there. Right? He's only yeah. paying federal taxes. So when we're talking about the salary aspect, he's losing a lot of it. And now, unless you get someone as loyal as Steph Curry, where he's like, listen, this team believes in me. Yeah, I'll stay. You will pay me, though. But I'll stay. Yeah. I'm not worried about anything mm-hmm. else because everything else will come with it, right? So yeah, and and, and for somebody like him, like he's all over the place, you know what I mean? Andy, mm-hmm. I mean at this stage, he has his own he has his own shoe brand, right? Like he's one of like three people that have their own shoe brand. Like mm-hmm. um, I mm-hmm. think the only other two was is, uh, is Jordan and and um, and Kanye, right? Like he's the only he's the only there's only like two other people ahead of him that has that. So, but I'm just saying like he's plastered all over the place, so. He's making that up. Endorsement wise, I think he's one of the richest athletes in the NBA for sure. You know, uh, Curry, but but that's Kawhi's nowhere near that. that. Right, but that's what I'm saying. That the endorsements is is where the money's at. Yeah, no, for so sure. How important? How, how important is this salary really? Yeah, to to, to honestly to, to Kawhi, I have no idea. <laughs> I really don't because, like I said, he moves differently, so I don't know. <laughs> I don't know yeah. how important that is to him. So it is a good. It's a good question because I I actually don't even have an answer for that. I really don't know. I really don't know. But um, but going forward, sorry. Well, I guess to wrap up, um, what what is your prediction for the rest of the playoffs going forward? I guess uh, I guess we kind of have our answers already. But um, with I guess being that we're early in the second round, where do you guys see these series? Like um, do you, like how much do you think Philly or Atlanta is going to win? You know, like what. Like on how many games or what have you? Like, what what do you guys see going forward? Even though the, both, all these series have just started, um, do you think? Okay, so for, for for example, for so from 
for Milwaukee, right? Milwaukee and the, and the, and Brooklyn. Brooklyn right up right now is up 2-0. Do you think uh, Milwaukee comes back and brings it to seven games? Is, is it over in five? No. Like, where do you guys see this going? I, I see Milwaukee getting one. I, the most of, the most this one I think will go is, is maybe six. Okay. You know, maybe. But I, I don't see it going seven games. I see it going seven. You see I it don't see it going still? seven. I see it going seven. I even see it possibly somehow, if it, a miracle, if it did happen. Milwaukee somehow figuring it out. I, and, I, and, being, and, being, and being Brooklyn. If, and if that doesn't happen, Brooklyn will be out of the next round. Philly beats Atlanta. I don't see I don't see Brooklyn make it to the finals. Okay, but you and this is with a healthy MB. Yeah, I think so with a healthy MB. No, I said this is with a healthy MB. Oh, this is with a healthy MB. I mean, yeah. even I mean, listen, if you're still playing with that minister chair and it seems to get worse, and they say you're still going to play, I still see them getting past Brooklyn. They have no answer down low. It's impossible. But yeah, listen, I agree with you with both a healthy MB. I think if MB goes down. It's lights out. You might as well just just um, get ready to see ads with Brooklyn in the finals. Mm-hmm. I, I I think if Milwaukee comes out of this one, if they wake up, it'll be Holiday. It's not going to be anybody else but 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 Holiday. I think Holiday is the difference maker in the in on that team. If he channels the Holiday that that totally undressed Lillard a couple of years ago, mm-hmm. I think I think anything's possible. I don't think um, um, Giannis has the game to get past Brooklyn. But I still see him affecting in these next couple of games. I just there's a there's a monster Giannis game coming. I just it's either it's gonna be game three or game four. I think it's gonna be game three. It's coming. That Giannis game is coming. Where it's like thirty six points, sixteen rebounds, you know what I mean? Eight assists, four like like that game is coming. That game no, is coming. Yeah. But, but no the fact that he still doesn't have yeah, the fact that he doesn't have a mid-range and he's still a problem on the foul line, that does, just doesn't sit well with me, man. Yeah. Uh, no, I don't disagree with that. Um, so so you know. At- Atlanta and Philly, so is the series is tied on one at this point right now. Where do you guys see that going? I, I'm assuming you guys are – this is whether – I guess you can give an answer with with a health – let's let's say with healthy Embiid. We'll say with healthy Embiid. Without I think Philly comes out. Yeah, Philly comes out and it's a fun, fun-ass series. Fun six I like games, Atlanta. Fun, five, fun seven. Mm, I think this oh might boy. be done in six. I think it might be done in six. I think Atlanta will get one more at home. You think so? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think so. I think Philly, Philly figured them out. But I like Atlanta. You know what I like about Atlanta? Atlanta's got an old school feeling to it. Because of trade, they talk so much shit, and I love that. I'm not, all, I'm not always with this hugging and kissing. And, you know, like I was watching, I was watching a game. The other night, I forgot which which series it was, and it was like first game out the gate. The buzzer went off, and dudes were zapping each other up and showing each other love. And I was like, "Oh wait a minute, this is game one of the series. Like what the f-? like I like listen. I don't want to see guys you know fighting and and throwing hands at each other, but this huggy and kissy kissy thing. Like I'm so tired of it, man. So. Like that, that, that Atlanta, that uh, Nick series, for example, oh, I love that. Yeah, that I love that because all the shit talking, like, yeah, yeah. Talk, talk. We can hug. Let's hug when the series is over. Right now, you know, fuck yeah. you, dude. We we going back and forth. I love that. Yeah, that I love that. That yeah. Bobby Becker, that was right. awesome. You know, that that was yeah, awesome. Cool. that was nostalgic. That that series was yeah. nostalgic, even though 
the the Knicks really didn't have the weapons for it, but it turned out. But it was uh, that, that oh, yeah. was definitely nostalgic. They, they made Spike Lee leave early, and I'm pretty sure he got a good set. <laughs> it was like, oh, he was different early, and then he had to come back. And of all people that called him out, <laughs> Reggie, that's hilarious. For real, for real. Wow, wow. To me, as long as Trey's in there, I'm loving every minute of it, man. I'm loving it. Yeah. He thought shit. He, he just doesn't care. I love it. I saw the yeah. fans. The fans was yet was chanting. Trey's, Trey's going bald. Trey's going bald. <laughs> and he, he didn't care. He switched those two free throws. And the next play, he was talking shit to the crowd again. I, I love it. Love it. I, but I think it's going to go six. But I hope it stays as fun as it is. You know what I mean? Mm. <clears throat> yeah, this playoffs has been good so far, man. Like, I, I'm, I don't have a lot of complaints right now about, about the playoffs so far. I'm loving that the, crowd, the crowds are back. And um and and it's and it's definitely giving you a different energy. Like the bubble, like the bubble playoffs was the the competition of it was great. Some of those games were amazing, you know. But n- like not having the crowd there, it's a different feeling. Like it just it just yeah. is, you know what I mean. When you have a crowd, it just it just makes the whole energy. Like that Phoenix game, like for example, that game one against Phoenix. Like hearing the crowd go nuts when they were going on that that twenty to nothing run or seventeen zero run. Like yo, like you you feel like you're in the building, you know what I mean? Like it's mm-hmm. it, it, like it makes such a huge difference. It's such a huge difference. I'm glad they're back, like a thousand percent. Um, I guess you guys gave the answer with the Utah series because I don't think you guys think the Clippers are winning it. But how much games do you think Utah's winning in it? Do, 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 are you giving the Clippers a, a, a game or two? Like I think I think it's over in six. But what are you guys thoughts? I'll give it five. Five, okay. I can see it going seven. Really? Okay. What? Yeah. I can see it. Why? Clippers is weird. No, because Clippers is weird like that, man. Clippers is weird like that. They they show up when you don't expect them to show up, and then. Uh, but to me, there's no way they're winning this. But I wouldn't be surprised if it goes seven. I really wouldn't. I would. I. I I'm. I'm seeing it going like six. But if it went seven, I'd be the one sitting there going, "Yeah, yeah, I can see this happening." And then they lose. And then they lose in seven because they're so weird. They're so weird. You don't know who's going to show up. They're like Jekyll and Hyde. So their weirdness could actually bring them to a game seven. You know what I mean? I don't want to see them go past this because, I mean, I'm a, a, I'm a huge Kawhi fan, but that team is just too confusing to watch me. You know? They make the dumbest mistakes, but when they, when they get it together, they get it together enough to make you start saying, hmm, maybe, and then they let you down again. So I was saying they might, they might, they might get good enough to make us go into a game seven thinking, hmm, maybe I have them wrong. And then the, they're going to pee the bed gonna in lose, game seven. They're going to lose by 20 in game seven. Yep. <laughs> well, strange, I mean, strange team, man. The, strange. That. The one thing I will say, though, is I expect Kawhi to be Kawhi. It's just who who else is going to step up with him? Is Paul George going to like remember that he has a, a big-time shoe contract and be that player? Who knows? You know what I mean? I think he's part of the weirdness. <laughs> I think I think he's part of the weirdness. So I I see it going six. I, I I'm like I said out of respect to Kawhi, I'm giving him two games. And you you and you're saying it's over in Boogie five. Cousins. That's gonna be old guy that steps up. I I don't think so. And here's why I don't think so. I don't think it'll be Boogie because the league hates Boogie Cousins. The last game when I when I watched what they did to him, I was like, yeah, the league still hates him. 
Some of those files they called, it was ridiculous, man. You, you missed what I was trying to say with that. It ain't going to get, there, there's nobody else. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. There's nobody else. <laughs> Cousins, yeah, that's not happening. Come on now. Okay. I mean, yeah, who, who else is it? Supposed to be PG? That's not happening. That's not I mean, happening. I, I mean, Nick Batum. Oh, man, that, that can't happen. Yeah. Utah, yeah. their pressure is just too strong. And the thing is, if the Clippers don't have their shot going, there's no second chance because Go, Gobert is going to clean that up. I guess the last series, um, Phoenix and Denver, where do you guys see it going? It's 1-0 for Phoenix right now. but I would see that going to a 7, maybe. Okay. If, anybody, if anybody's going to 7, it'll be that series. Okay. Yeah, I have to agree with that. I think if... if you think I see Phoenix, it going you think Phoenix is in 7, or if Den- um, uh Phoenix will be, uh, will be the winner on top of that 7. Okay. Sorry, go ahead. I see, I see it. I see it going six, like, like just just because of what um um you guys were saying earlier. I think Anthony was saying earlier. Besides the Joker, I don't know who could keep like who could who could keep this going. Like Porter stepped up, but but for how long? You know what I mean? Like I don't know if he can carry this out for the rest of the series. So that's why that's why I said watching Utah. I mean, uh, Denver play Phoenix this year. I feel like man, every time they show. Murray, I'm like, damn it. Every time I see him on the bench, I'm like, damn it, because it would have been, that series would have been amazing, even more amazing if Murray was playing. Can you imagine him and and Booker for seven games? Jeez. Oh, Oh, yeah. That has to be painting him. And I know what, uh, what, um, with MPJ, um, he I think he has a hurt back. I think he has a, like, he strained his back or something. And that's, I think that's why he's questionable. Oh, um, yeah, okay. and, he, and you know he had the the back surgery a couple of years ago. The back so, surgery, yeah, yeah. So I think that's where it's like a little tricky. So it sounds like he's playing, but you know you kind of got to monitor him. They they might have found something out the last game though. I just wonder if they're going to be able to. Denver might if, will be able to milk it though, and that's Gordon. A couple of times they had Gordon like um, Booker switched out on Gordon. There was nothing Booker could do. He was too small. Yeah. And you're getting himself in foul trouble. Phoenix has to watch that because I think Denver Denver found something there. So they're going to have to figure out how they can get that switch to, to keep occurring that they can punish uh, Booker. Mm. There, was a, there was a point in the game Booker was lost. Yeah. If, if Denver could uh, figure out a way to keep that switch coming, they can put Booker on, in, uh, in foul trouble and like, get his mind off, off his offensive game. Because there was a point... Where he wasn't doing anything on offense because you could see he was he was confused. Yeah, that's that's where it gets interesting. I I, I think it's going to be uh, Phoenix and yeah, I I would say six six games as well. I'll give Denver two games. I think I think Joker is going to affect like especially when they go back home. He's affecting at least one or two of these games for sure. So out of respect to that, I think he's that's going to happen. But I think this is where not having Murray is going to is going to finally catch up with them. I th- I'm giving Joker two games, and I thought that. Portland would be the team that would uh, take advantage of the fact that Murray isn't there, but clearly they weren't listening to me. So now going forward, I think this is where it finally catches up with them with not having Murray is going to is going to finally bite them in the ass. So I think that's that's where I, I see Denver. That's why I'm giving them two games, but that's it. And I, and I really I actually want to say five to be honest with you. I actually, you know what? Fuck it, I'm going to say five. I, I I think Phoenix wins in five. I still say six. I see. I still see it being six. 
Yeah, we'll, that we'll, was a stretch for me. Now we'll yeah. we'll see what happens, but I think we all agree the playoffs right now has been, it's been it's been it's been real solid, man. Like most of the games, it's you know give or take a couple little blowouts, which is what I guess which is expected. But uh, for the most part, man, the close games has been really good. Like the both games last night were were really solid. So I, I expect more of it going forward. My my prayers up for Embiid, man. I'm I'm you know, <laughs> I think he should just be drinking holy water instead of Gatorade. From now on, just to make sure his knee stays right. Hmm. That's that's <laughs> it's just my opinion because I I pray for him. Man. I'm telling you, man. I, I watch those games and I'm like, last night I was wincing every time. I'm just like, ah, it's like you're, it's like your kid riding a bike for the first time. Like, ah, don't fall, you know. Like that's why I kept looking at it. I'm just, you know, you're, you're hoping nothing happens to him, but I don't know, man. I, I don't know. Given his injury history, I'm, I'm it makes me nervous watching him continue to play in this series. Like I, I really thought yeah. we should have sat him game one, but like I said, we'll we'll see what happens going forward. But fellas, thank you for for hopping on this uh, latest edition of the Av Podcast. Um, it's definitely a pleasure, even through all the technical difficulties. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. No problem. But I, I appreciate you guys for for hopping on. And, and Anthony, like I said, man, I gave you your roses. I should at least get like a discount on hopping on the Suns bandwagon just for that. I, I overdid it with the rose. I sent you a bouquet. Like I think now it's time for me to like you know, you know what? Hop I'll, on I'll a regular you, price. I'll, I'll cut you a discount so that you can get the uh, the connection right. <laughs> 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 Thank you for tuning in to the Av Podcast. I appreciate you for continuing to rock with us. Special shout-out goes out to Anthony Bachelor and DJ Chris Nice for hopping on the podcast to discuss these NBA playoffs. Check out DJ Chris Nice's Grooves and Rhythms Mix Show every Friday on MyLimeRadio.com from 4 to 6 p.m., so basically this afternoon. Uh, once again, that's 4 to 6 p.m. every Friday on MyLimeRadio.com. <laughs> uh, hit the like button, the favorite button, and click on all the five stars. Share this episode with your with your like-minded peoples. I appreciate you. Um, we're going to be back next week with a new episode, of course, of the NBA playoffs. And also, part three of the cord-cutting episode will, will be coming out soon. And on the YouTube channel, check out the latest episode of The Stoop, Code of the Sneaks. It's a three-part episode all about sneakerhead culture. All right, so please check that out now if you haven't already. And as always, to dive deep into the rest of my catalog, check out SouthShareAve.com for all the work that I've done. Once again, that's SouthShareAve.com. For DJ Chris Nice and Anthony Bachelor, this is Cal C. And you just tuned into the Av Podcast on South Shire Ave Radio. Until the next time, folks. Peace. We out. We out.